I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the Adventures in Odyssey radio show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with and sometimes depart from God's vision for his kingdom in the world. Thanks for listening with us. Okay, wait, wait. Are you recording? Yeah, I am. Oh, you are? Yeah. Because I was going to bust in to saddle up your horses. I was thinking of that, but I feel like there are better ones. I'm diving in. I'm going deep. Saddle up your horses. Let's just have a Stephen Curtis Chapman off. SCC <gasps> off. No. The other night we uh, stumbled upon uh, Michael W. Smith karaoke on YouTube. So that Explain you can, what that means, Chris. That means that you can play a song instrumentally and then you don't have Smitty interrupting your personal moment when you're like talking about looking for a reason, roaming through the night. Like, you know, when I'm trying to find my place in the world, I don't want Michael Larry Smith trying to find his place in the world at the same time. Uh-huh. Oh, wait. Okay. Are you ready, Christian? Yeah. Wait. I'm looking for a reason. <laughs> roaming through. Oh, no. To find my place in this. Okay. It's bad, no. yeah. It's fine if you do it without music, <laughs> but when you try to actually sing on key with the music. I need you like to find. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, okay, it's we're, hard. We're not, we're editing all that That's out. That's right. That could be our cold open. Don't. The most ear splitting cold open you've ever heard. In don't, your life. don't get me set on down the path of Michael Larry Smith. Okay. I'm then we diving will... in. I'm going deep. That's all I know. No, but I mean, think about the secret ambition video, which is. Cross goes back and forth between Jesus being crucified on the cross uh-huh. and then Michael Larry Smith standing in the desert at a piano, like rocking out. That video traumatized me as a youth. Right. I think everyone has that story. But then you go back and you're Nobody like. Nobody knew his secret ambition. Pull up the karaoke for that. I'd be good. Except I don't think I can sing on key as we now know. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. So, Crispin. turns out that we have more than five listeners. We have like ten listeners. At least. Yeah, right. Because people have been emailing us actually saying, hey, you have more listeners than five because we listen to you guys. I know. So, I'm going to stop saying that because it's probably annoying. Dismissive. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Recently, we had a fan email us who also happens to be a friend. <laughs> So who, she, you, who used the official podcast email. Right, yeah, telling us she liked our podcast. That's that was cool. nice. That's cool. You could have texted. She did text me. She texted me to get the email. Right. 
Anyways, people are cool. People are reaching out. And I do think one thing, I think other people are also feeling it like we've been feeling it. Like these, this is really big topics. These are really big things. Like, you know, the last one that just aired, we talked about like gender identity and worldview and pluralism and, and God's designed for marriage, <laughs> which is patriarchy, you know. Right, yeah. And trains. Yeah. Yeah, and so trains. that was a lot. Yeah. <sighs> right. So that technically wasn't our last episode, but our last episode that went up. That so, aired. I said yes. that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I think we got to do a recap, and I think I'm the one doing it. I think you're just always doing it. That's fine. Right. Well, except the first part. Um, I'll need help with. So there's something that happens in Ms. Adelaide's classroom where she's talking about uh, she's talking about the gender essays, right? Um, where she talks about like protest and other things, and like so we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, really important stuff. Detective Polehouse uh, goes and questions uh, with Zen, wonders if Buck did the uh, vigilantor sort of thing. Which, by the way, Buck does not seem like. A LGBTQ uh, activist. Yeah, just gonna put that out. Like I know that right. I don't want to go with stereotypes, but that doesn't really seem to be Buck. So okay, and then uh, Wit meets one on one with the leader of the business association, um, and that is interesting. And then kids talk about Buck, and they talk about going to Hangman's Hollow. Uh, everyone flaked with a capital FLA. Everybody flaked. With the capital fluff. So we're leaving straight after school. No excuses. Um, and then Wit and Jules talk. Um, and she's so jaded. And um, and then at the end, Mr. Whitaker and Ms. Adelaide sit down at a business meeting and stuff hits the fan. Yeah. Good. And Wit faints. Yes. Are you keeping that as a secret? Well, no, it's not a secret anymore. And Wit faints. <laughs> Okay, that's pretty good recap. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny if you were, like, trying to explain. So this is episode, what, eight? Mm-hmm. So we're over halfway through PTL. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, if you're trying to explain it, like, yeah, this is a kids' radio program where it's basically all about um, the local business association meeting and religious liberty issues. That is so true. Right? Like, they spent the last... Episode talking all about trains, but then this one they're talking about, yeah, the business. Like, what do you, when you're a kid, what do you think you would think a business association is? I actually was wondering what it was as I listened to it. I don't know. Right? Yeah, something important. They're the movers and shakers, I guess. But mm-hmm. we'll get into that. Right? Yeah. When we get into it. Yeah. Should we jump right in with Ms. Adelaide's? Wait, we're supposed to talk about what's good. Right. You hate I even, all my little themes. I even have it written you hate right all my here. Little, what are the bits? Yes. Right. You what? Hate them. I just. What was good? <laughs> Your face right now. <laughs> what was good? You look like a sad yeti. Um. I think what was good. I always have to stretch it. Right. Ms. Adelaide talking about protest brought up some interesting things, although I think the way that she framed it didn't work very well. I think what was good is that this episode almost really got to the point. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Right. I mean almost. They were like a few steps away. And so a part of me is like on re-listening to it. 
just like, whoa, they they kind of really went there. But then they didn't. Right. So that's not good. The Miss yeah. Adelaide character is fascinating. Right. I mean, at one point in this, as we were listening, I wrote out a transcript of the conversation between Mr. Whitaker and Ms. Adelaide because I'm like, there's so much going on here. Yeah. And I want to really understand, like, what are the moves that are being made? Like, what are, what, yeah. And so I think there's a lot here. So, so. we'll have to post that transcript somewhere. Uh-huh. Like, who cares, though? <laughs> I feel a spider. I, I just like spilled I tea all over my leg. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. ginger. It's so probably good for So that's what's good. I mean, there's so much to talk about. I wanted to, like, get on with this, so I wanted to combine two episodes, but we are like, there's, there's too no much. Way. Right. So, yeah, it starts off in Miss Adelaide's classroom, and they're turning in the gender essays, and she says, I hope that you have a fresh perspective on gender, uh, which I feel like mm-hmm. is a straw man, by the way. Yeah. I feel like that's that's basically what, like, evangelicals think that people want. It's like a new way of, I don't know. Um, and then uh, the, one of the girls says, hey, I read the newspaper, and the newspaper seems to say that there's a connection between the vandalism and the festival. And she said, you can't believe everything you believe in the, everything you read in the media. You can't believe everything you read in newspapers, Emily. Which... <laughs> <laughs> well, liberals and conservatives alike right. yeah, definitely there's... say that. Right. And she says, if if it did happen, the vandals were wrong. However, there's a lot of anger out there among the groups. And if there really is a connection, then the vandals were wrong to do what they did. That's not how we resolve conflict. Oh, good. However, there's a lot of anger out there among the groups that feel they've been oppressed over the years. So they retaliate in the only way they know how. Did she say the groups that feel like they've been oppressed? Yes, something yeah. like that, right. But I like that she just says, among the groups. <laughs> you know, the groups. The groups. The groups that feel they've been oppressed. And so then the girl says... But isn't it intolerant to attack people who are being intolerant? Hmm. Sometimes we have to compel people to accept changes they may not like. It's all about the greater good. But what if we don't agree on the greater good? You'll have to take that question up with Mr. McGann and the political science class, Emily. This is English class. Oh. I want to talk about the first part. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say there's a lot there. Yeah. So when you're talking about the fresh ideas being a scapegoat, like what do you mean? Um. Well, I just think of that Adam Raccoon book that we read, right, where it's like, Liberals are coming in, and they they just want to throw things out for the sake of throwing things out, which I think what's missing there is, like, the reason that they want to throw things out is because it hasn't worked for a lot of people, I would say. Yeah, so what's fascinating is, so we've grown up on these kinds of books and narratives, right, like progressives and liberals, and you're referencing this Adam Raccoon book that we have where the goat professor... I think you've even talked about this podcast before, right? right. He's like, like, we have a new way of doing things. You just, put whatever part onto whatever yes, part feels love, good to you. I love that page. Anyways, um, so what's fascinating is in this podcast series is they are actually writing a character, Miss Adelaide, who is presenting her view. And I think they think they're trying to do the progressive voice justice, right? By her saying, 
you know, we're counting on your generation to bring about fresh ideas on gender and hopefully you can come up with something better and even something like escaping from the past or something about tradition and, you know. Rigid moral gender views. Or... It's up to your generation. You can move us beyond the archaic ideas of the past. Something, something like that, right? Okay, and yeah. so a part of me is like, yeah, I can imagine someone saying that. Like, we have a lot of hope in this next generation that you aren't going to be as tied to tradition. Um, and one thing, you know, I've been thinking about a lot in the past few weeks as – we have delved into these issues, not just for this podcast, because that would be kind of ridiculous, but also because it's taking over our lives and in various ways with our relationship to local churches and even my writing and freelance writing and evangelicalism. So thinking about this argument about tradition, right? And I think we're always going to come up against this argument when we're talking with people. And even like this book that we love, Tim Otto's book, Oriented to Faith, you know, he talks about there's Christians who have the traditionalist view and Christians who hold an affirming view. And um, I think we've kind of adopted that language, but, you know, some people would even push back and say, like, how can it be a traditionalist view on marriage when, like, gay marriage has not even been, like, a cultural concept for all that long, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not even really a traditionalist view because it hasn't even been something that's been able to be a part of society at all. So anyways, all that to say... I think it's an important argument to interact with because everyone has it. I would say I've now reached the point in my life where when I hear people talk about the traditionalist argument, like I hear them saying like, I want it to go back to the way it was when things sucked for anyone who was not a dude. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Yeah. Like tradition has been extremely unkind to women and, and anybody who doesn't fit like whatever the dominant narrative mold is, right? And mm-hmm. so in America, that's, I mean, we can make a whole list of people. So like the dominant culture in America starts out with white landowning males and it's kind of persisted on that way. So when when I think <laughs> conservatives are like, liberals just want to do away with tradition, it's like, yeah, maybe they do. Maybe, maybe tradition has been deeply unkind to them. That's kind of, maybe I just did a long-winded way of saying what you just said. No, but I think it, yeah, exactly. I does think that it, make me a radical? I think it's something that really needs to be grappled with in the sense that we do, we want to do, particularly in the church, we want to do theology mm-hmm. with a broad community. And so that includes theologians of the past. But that can't be the trump card. Because if we look at the fruit of a lot of the ideologies that have been held by the church throughout the years, that's not the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, so it's interesting. What would you say if someone's like, how important is, like, church tradition in your life? Hmm. Yeah, I would say, well, I'm evangelical for one, so not that important, right? right? <laughs> We've been around for how long? Not very long. That's what's so frustrating is I was we were having this discussion about biblicism the other day, and this mm-hmm. guy got really agitated and was just like, oh, so you're throwing, like, reading the Bible literally out the window? And I'm like, no, like— American evangelical biblicism is like 200 years old. So we're not even talking about tradition there. We're talking about a more recent tradition. I want to go back farther than that, you right. know? Mm-hmm. So anyways. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think there's that, right? And then there's this issue that comes up about like when there are groups that are oppressed, right? How do you 
how can they hold power in that discussion? So, wait, are there groups that have been oppressed or are there just groups that feel like they've been oppressed? <laughs> Good. I believe that there are groups that have been oppressed. <laughs> Me too. For the record. Uh-huh. Yeah. We don't have to belabor that, but it is, you know, every right. word choice is thought out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then this. Wait, I, I have something else to say. Uh-huh. Who is the oppressed person in this episode today, Crispin? Well, we'll find out. Chris will tell us oh, at the end. Oh, okay. Because there, there is a victim here for yes, sure. And definitely. we'll be getting to that. Right, yeah. But there's people who feel like they've been oppressed. Who do you think these groups are that Miss Adelie is talking about? Uh, I do not know, actually. I would think the LGBTQ community. Right, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And women. Right. I mean, I think particularly this, I was thinking it seems like she's referring to black people in America. It's funny. I didn't I didn't get the sense she would be thinking about race at all because it's just not on Odyssey's radar. <laughs> That's true. But particularly, I mean, what it seemed like they were doing like a paraphrase of Dr. King when she talks about that, right? Oh, Dr. the greater good? Well, no, Dr. King talking a lot about like riots and oh, why, why rioting happens. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I was like, I feel like they're kind of trying to do like a paraphrase of of what Dr. King would say, but it, you know, because they probably think that he's liberal and that's true. So that's some w- troubling undertones, like people who feel like they've been oppressed. The only thing they know what to do is protest, right? Which yeah, in there in the Odyssey worldview means like maybe violence. It's really scary and it's really bad, right? I mean, I think that there is if we don't offer them any benefit of the doubt, which I don't think we should, right? If they are talking about race and they're saying, like, people that have been oppressed, they don't know any other way to do it, is, like... That sounds really bad. Right. It's, like, implying moral inferiority. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay, now I'm... That's what I heard. Okay. Yeah. Whew! Right. Yeah, maybe. And then she says, yeah, what do we do when we disagree about the greater good? So that's a fascinating question. So who asked that question? Is it Olivia? Yes. So Olivia asked, so Miss Adelaide is saying, like, so it's important to protest for the greater good, right? And Olivia's like, but what do we do if we disagree on what the greater good is? I'm like, that's it. That's the question. And I think, again, assigning positive intention to both sides, you would think that's what they're both going after, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that. But then what's upsetting is what Miss Adelaide says, right? She's like, well, like she doesn't answer that question. She's like, go talk to your political science teacher, which I was like, why would a political science teacher know what the greater good is? And I'm thinking she's talking about the common good, which is like a deeply historical Catholic teaching, right? Mm -hmm. And so why would you talk to a political science teacher about that? And she's like, I'm an English teacher. I can't speak to that. Um, So that was... That was really weird to me. They'd bring up this great question and then not answer it. I feel like that is this whole episode. Yeah. Is people making, asking questions or making statements in ways that they don't actually mean. Should we answer this question now or should we wait to the end of the episode? What the greater good is? No. What do we do if we disagree? Mm. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I think that's why I write. I think that's why I live where we live, where we send our kids to school, where we send. I'm like, I am trying with my life and with my principles to say the greater good doesn't happen unless the people who are 
the farthest away from flourishing are flourishing. So I need to do everything in my power to make that happen. Right. And I think I maybe said this before, but like Randy Woodley, this indigenous theologian we love, he says, uh, you know, this biblical concept of shalom, where shalom is mentioned like 500 times in the Bible. So I would say the greater good is shalom in the Christian vision. And Randy Woodley says, you can tell if there's shalom in a community by how those on the margins are faring, right? By Mm. how many people are suffering. And if there's people suffering, there's no shalom. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, there's no shalom in America based off of what's happening at the border, based off of our broken immigration system, based off of the disparity in public schools, based off of the inequality of wealth we see, you know, like based on systematic racism, police brutality, blah, 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 you know. And I would say based on how LGBTQ people have been treated in our society, by society, but like mostly by the church, there's no shalom. So there's no greater, there's no common good like there's no common flourishing. Therefore, we need to be thinking about what is the common good. And I think both you and I agree that since we come from the dominant perspective, it's been vital that we listen to those who are not flourishing and we let them tell us mm-hmm. <laughs> what to do for the common good. Because what we think is going to be best for all isn't always good, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you right. say that? Yeah. We don't know what it we don't know how to bring the common good. So you have to listen to those people who have been oppressed. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't we don't know. We know what we know. And we don't know more than that. That almost sounds like a rap song. <laughs> uh, this reminds me that I had a dream last night. There's this uh, Facebook friend I have that I went to Bible college with that posts things that have these, like, white supremacist undertones. And I had a dream that I ran into him on the street and we argued about the what shalom means. <gasps> you had a shalom <laughs> argument dream? I did. Yeah, oh I just gosh. remembered that. What did he say it meant? Um, well, he actually said it has a lot to do with tradition. Oh, my It comes gosh. full circle. Right. Per, with a particular, like, tradition of the church. I'm not going to say what tradition because I feel like I would get too specific about this person. Yeah. But Whoa. Yeah. We, we didn't even know we were going to record this. I know, right? Wow, we're and nerds. Dreams. You're a nerd. Yeah, shalom dreams. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, what do we do if we disagree? I would say listen to the most oppressed. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I bet folks on the family would say that, and they would say, we are the most oppressed. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would. <sighs> I think they would say, you don't listen. Actually, this is where we're going to get later in the episode. We don't listen to people. We listen to God. Mm. And by that, it's like our, it's listening, reading the Bible. It's their 200-year-old tradition mm-hmm. right, of American yeah. fundamentalism. Right, Yeah. 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 So then Detective Polehouse goes to its end um, because, as you may remember from last episode, uh, the Vigilantors attacked uh, Wit's site. Oh, his website. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And, um, and we're putting comments on there. So then they're trying to figure out, like, what's this group? And so Polehouse. And this is also fuzzy. So, like, they never exactly say what. 
they're doing DeWitt's website, but in this episode, they mentioned, like, the internet seems off and the Imagination Station is not working, which I'm like, you definitely should target the Imagination Station if you want to, <laughs> like, bring Wit down. Right. Definitely shut down the Imagination Station because it's brainwashing children, but we're not clear how, but we know it is. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so it's very weird and, and fuzzy. And if Wait, you're, pause for a minute. Are you saying we don't know how it is? Because we have done multiple episodes. No, on saying, well, we, okay. don't know, we don't know what they said about gender. Remember? Oh, okay, right, Olivia yes, went in right, yes. asking all these questions right, yeah. about why is it wrong to love? And then she came out being a little traditionalist. So, but they didn't tell us why. So it's all fuzzy. And if you're a kid, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. But if you're an adult, you're like, what are they even doing to Wit's website besides commenting? And then it gets kind of weird. Like Detective Polehouse wants to do some like cyber like stalking of them. Right, yeah. Right? Well, he wants to find out like who where did this virus come from and it leads back to the Vigilantor's website. Apparently they they're anarchists with a website. And But it also seems like he they're gearing up for this whole little thread later on where they are like spying on that like right. it gives him access. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Right. So so they come across uh Miss Adelaide's uh, this video of Miss Adelaide giving a speech, right? Was it a vigilantor's meeting? Yes, it was, or related, or something like it's that. It's all unclear, right? Yeah, it's some sort of like demonstration or like a, a, a rally. No, it's a rally. Okay, so do you think they think a rally is like a protest? I think there was like some distinction there where they're like, "Well, it's just a rally. It's not really the vigilantors." But, uh, yeah, what did you think of her speech where she's like, we are the mainstream and those who have not been tolerant will not be tolerated? In fact, I believe that I'm in the mainstream. We are the mainstream. Miss Adelaide? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the fever nightmare of the evangelicals, really. You know what I mean? This is exactly what people think is going to happen. That some uber emotional woman is going to have a megaphone and will be screaming in the town square about <laughs> we're the mainstream now, which is fascinating. I think this also makes it clear, like, when we talk about dominant culture, I, I do think maybe some people are, like want to push back on that. Like, Christianity is not the dominant culture. I think this episode makes it clear. When you have a progressive saying, we're the mainstream now, that means, like, yes. So... Focus on the family. You're saying, like, conservative Christianity has been mainstream up to this point. Mm-hmm. And now perhaps it's not. And I think that's a real thing. I mm. think Donald Trump is a last grasp of Christians trying to maintain political and cultural control um, because they are losing it. And I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. I'll just lay all my cards on the table. Um, so this is just, like— that personified, right? The liberals are the mainstream now. You guys are going to be... She didn't really say, like, you guys are going to be persecuted. But she's just saying, like, I hope the world spurns their darkness and the sooner the better. Right. At the very end, Miss Adelaide says, like, didn't she say something like, here's someone who has suffered because of... Or what did she say? I'm not sure, but something about her brother. Yeah, and so she's introducing her brother... As like, and here's someone who has really been hurt by the views of, I mean, she's basically saying like Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they just like, 
Mr. Whitaker and Detective Polhouse, they just like shut off the video. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, they literally I- silence the story of her brother, which we will find out at the end of this episode. There's something there, and then we'll get into the rest of it as the episodes continue on, which is horrifying. I'm just telling you guys, prepare yourself right now for what's coming. Right, yeah. But yeah, Detective Polhouse is like, oh, I guess I'll have to listen to this whole thing later. He's like, do you want to listen to it, Wit? And Wit's like, nope. Okay, I'll have to watch the whole thing later. Unless you want to see the rest. No, no, that's all right. So does yeah? So they don't listen to right the actual. No, story it's just like you. It's just so of a possibly feels, gay person feels so dismissive yeah. in, at that point, right? So they turn it off, and then what happens next in the episode? Oh, Mr. Baker and Jules had an interesting interaction. I don't know if you want to talk about it. Jules is like. Connie's sister who says she's so jaded and she I did think it was interesting she basically tells Mr. Whitaker she's just trying to survive right and Mr. Whitaker says something like but isn't survival about like food and shelter and she says something like if only that was true right attachment well okay obviously you want to talk about attachment but we don't need to talk about that now right I just thought that was fascinating that Mr. Whitaker thinks survival is just about food and shelter in this story about LGBTQ people. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, actually. You as long as you have, bit. like, as long as you live in America and you have food stamps and you have, you know, government helping you get housing, like, you're surviving just fine. When I would say, like, the stories of people who are gay, a common thread is, like, you need to see us in our full humanity and we need to be able to survive as who we are, not having to change in order to survive and thrive and thrive but even survive right i mean people have been killed Mm -hmm. yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. people have killed themselves Mm -hmm. due to shame and so i was like whoa i don't think the writers meant this but to me was really telling that mr whitaker's like survive what do you mean like you have food and shelter like he's so unaware of trauma Mm -hmm. and other people's experience besides his own Mm-hmm. So that is the same I call DL reads too much into things. Good catch. But I think I'm right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. He totally Definitely. just doesn't get it. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then uh Okay, now we come to the big Well wait part first of this episode. First he talks about um he talks with the business owner guy. Right. Right. And he's the head of the business association. Right, yeah. I just thought it was interesting. So Wit Wit says, like... All the other businesses are joining the festival, Wit. You're the only one who has said no. Well, the only thing I said no to was hanging up a poster in my shop. And the guy says back, like... Oh, then you're planning to join the festival. Well, I I didn't say that. That is it, right? It's like Mr. Whitaker is like, why are you making such a big deal about me not, you know, putting up a poster? But he's just playing dumb. Right. So... Recap, the business association is mad at Mr. Whitaker because he won't put up the poster, which means he doesn't support the festival. So they bring Mr. Whitaker in to talk with Miss Adelaide because they want all the businesses on board. And this guy was basically saying, like, everybody else is supporting it. And Mr. Whitaker's like, so everybody agrees with it? And the guy's basically like, no, they don't. But they don't want to cause trouble like you. And they're like, and they don't want to invite any vandalism. So there's this theme of like if you don't if you're not 
affirming or yeah. you're not, you know, like progressive that you're going to yeah, get vandalized. Yeah, so all the businesses are like bullied into being for the Let's Get Together Festival. Mm-hmm. And that will come up later on in another episode. Okay, so what does Miss Adelaide start off saying? So basically she starts off saying like, you know, if you don't give support, then that's sending a negative message. Uh, to the town. I'm suggesting that Mr. Whitaker should put aside his personal prejudices and support the association's decision. He's presenting a negative message by refusing. Because he's not behind the Let's Get Together Festival. Right, yeah. yeah. Yep. And so he's communicating a message against the association. Mm-hmm. And making them look like a provincial town. It communicates to everyone that we're a town that's willing to move beyond a provincial mindset. Which I right. just want to sing the Beauty and the Beast. I know, right? Don't that's you? what I was thinking of too. I just realized recently, provincial doesn't just mean like located in a province, which is what, what does I it was, mean. I th- it means like quaint, small. Yeah, I thought it meant small, but yeah. Oh, maybe that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. So, and Mr. Whitaker basically is like, I didn't. I didn't realize, like, we all have to agree, and that's what this association is all about. And they're like, well, this is a, you know, have to agree on everything, but this is a really big deal. He's like, yeah, because it's a big deal. We should really have a chat about it, which I'm there with him, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right? And then right. I, w- I want to talk about what I what I believe is the witsplain of the episode. Do you have one or should I go ahead and share mine and you can see if you agree with me or not? Uh, you should share yours. So Mr. Whitaker is talking again about a worldview, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe we've talked about this before, how Christians are obsessed with worldviews and mm-hmm. worldview camps and apologetics and how often we heard about worldviews. At least I did mm-hmm. in Bible college as a missionary yeah. in training. Yeah. I think there was like a worldview program at one point. There was. It. I didn't get accepted into it. I was <laughs> devastated. Didn't have enough of a worldview. I guess not. Um, but yeah, so Mr. Whitaker says, like, everyone has a worldview. Like, my worldview is informed by my faith. And Miss Adelaide's is informed by other things. That's the witchblain! What do you know? That is what I have in bold in the transcript. That exact, we're on oh, the same page. Oh, he says other sources. Other sources, but still, we're on the same page. That's the witchblain, because yes. he's telling Miss Adelaide she's been informed by other sources, which right. is, like, very dramatic and vague, but it's not faith, whatever it is. It's right. not a Christian faith, at least. And then and then Mr. Whitaker says, which one will prevail? So that's the heart of this episode. That's the heart of this series. Mm-hmm. Liberals have a worldview that is not informed by faith. Mr. Whitaker has a worldview that is informed by faith. One of them has to win. Therefore, and... it must prevail. Well, yeah. It's like fight. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a call to arms. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I think also what is infuriating about this is he says, my worldview is informed by my faith. Right, but what, um, like, I'm thinking particularly of um, some recent researchers uh, that looked at evangelicals, right, and found that basically, like, evangelical is a political term. It is, like, you can use it to describe someone's, like, specific values and beliefs politically, right? So, like, individualism, a view that the earth should be used rather than cared for, like, yeah, it's just, I guess what I'm saying here is Witt is saying that his worldview is inf- informed by the Bible, 
but I would say that his worldview is generally informed by other sources as well. Right. Yeah, and so when he says other sources, I think he means her The brother. devil. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said her brother. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. So, right, because after this, Miss yeah. Adelaide – so what's fascinating is they do this thing like somebody's worldview has to win. Mr. Wicker's basically like, I want mine to win out and I'm, I'm going to fight. Mm-hmm. And then Miss Adelaide says like basically because of your beliefs, like people get hurt and even die, mm-hmm. like including my brother. Maybe she even said get sick. Right. Did well, she say die? She says uh, – yeah, she does. Yeah, she says – that people people get hurt by it. And then I think later she brings up um, – yeah, then she brings up her brother. And it's like he's sick in part because of people like you. Right, which is a really intense thing to say. Mm-hmm. Well, you, moralistic tyranny and platitudes Because of and the easy platitudes and moralistic tyranny. Right, which yeah. Which is a fascinating mm-hmm. phrase. Mm-hmm. I kind of want that as my new Twitter <laughs> headline. Easy platitudes and moralistic tyranny. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's also not just for conservatives. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. No. Um, I And then Mr. Whitaker says something. No, was it Ben that says something about her being dramatic? Yeah. There's no need to get over dramatic here. People get hurt by it, Whit. Some even die. Whoa, now wait. There's no need to get over dramatic. I'm not being over dramatic. And then I love that she's like, I'm not being overdramatic. I was like, you go, Miss Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after she kind of leaves, Mr. Whitaker is like, I'm just a lightning rod for her emotions. I'm afraid I've become a lightning rod for her feelings. Mm. Right. Yeah. Which, oh my gosh. Which, by the way, there's a couple of things here. One thing that I wanted to highlight is that when he's with her... He says, I'm I'm very sorry to hear about your brother, Miss Adelaide. I don't want your sympathy. It's too late for that now. What's his illness? Is there anything I can do to help? But then when she leaves, he's like, well, she's so emotional, which I think is really telling, right? Like, what is the face he's showing her and what is the face he's showing the business association guy? Also, I found this fascinating. He asked her, what's his illness? Oh, I didn't even think about that. And then she doesn't answer that. Mm -hmm. He says, what can I do to help? And she says, you can show him things are changing. Mm -hmm. She's basically pleading with him. like, Show him things are changing. Cooperate with the festival. Okay, so this is all subtext. Mm -hmm. And this is so weird. Earlier on in this episode, Mr. Whitaker says, like, I'm just going to have to be clear. Like, I've been clear this whole time and nobody else has been clear. What are we talking about when we're talking about Miss Alley's brother? What did, what did you know instantly? Right, that he has HIV, AIDS. And he's gay. Right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is never once mentioned. Mm-hmm. But they're setting this up, obviously, mm-hmm. right? And so I think you and I, people born in the 80s, to Christian parents, evangelical parents, I, I'm not saying I remember a time my parents told me that that God punished gay people with AIDS, but I knew about gay people and AIDS and that gay men got AIDS in particular. So I know that listening to this, I don't know if like Ramona would get this at all. I don't think she would. Right. She's never once heard that. 
Right. She's actually never heard of AIDS from us. Um, certainly not in relation to like gay men or anything. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, this is so weird. This is why it seems so targeted mm-hmm. to parents. Right. So that they have an opportunity to teach their kids Ugh. these things. That's what I think. Okay. So it's really upsetting, but they never name it. And that baffles me. Yeah. Why? Why do they not just say he's gay or he has AIDS? I think they would say, like, well, that's up to parents to talk to their kids about. <sighs> but they're also going to do a 14-episode series It seems about worse it. to me. Yeah. Yeah. So her brother is going to be a character <clears throat> in some of the up- upcoming episodes, and it gets real bad, you guys. Like, horror of horrors. So. I want to talk about. Can we transition? Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about what this co- what happens in this conversation. Okay. Because I think what happens in this conversation is the conversation that is being held in churches with pastors and people uh, throughout the U.S. right now. Because basically they're like, okay, well, here are the two different views. Mm-hmm. And then Ms. Adelaide says, this is actually impacting people. Yeah. Right? And then Wit later and Ben in the moment says, like, you're being so emotional you know, how can we, like, help you and support you, right, but not actually listening to what she says. And yeah. at one point, when he understands that her brother is sick, he says, Well, I think I understand a little better now. Yeah. But that's not a, well, I understand now. And I'm sorry this happened. Right. It's like, oh, I understand that you are so emotional and and impacted by your experiences that you're not going to listen to reason. Your, the other sources. Right. Your personal experience. Yeah, her her brother who's experienced like so much shame and trauma. Right. So I I agree. Right. It's like you come to this conversation and it's like let's talk about this and then at one point you're like, "Well, I'm my experiences or emotions are a part of this." And then that's like reason for dismissal, right? Yeah. So Miss Adelaide leaves. Mr. Whitaker says, "I've become a lightning rod for her feelings." <laughs> Which oh my gosh. Right. Um and then Ben is sort of like, you have to make a decision now, Mr. Whitaker. Are you going to support the Let's Get Together Festival or not? Which let's just call it a pride parade. Are you going to support the pride parade or not? And then Mr. Whitaker's like, in all good conscience. And, and I, you know he's going to say he can't. Right. Um, and then. But he can't say he can't. Right. Because. He collapses. He collapses. Well, then, in all good conscience, I. Oh, um, uh, I, I, I think I should sit down. Uh, here, here. Wait. Uh, Are you all right? No, uh, I, I don't think I am. Uh, uh, Mr. Whitaker, oh, no. call an ambulance. It's a big deal. And up up to this point, there had been this some drama building up, like, um, what's her face? Connie had been really worried about Mr. Whitaker going to this business association meeting. She made Eugene go to him and she said something like, we're sending him to the wolves. And, you know, like they're really setting up this whole thing that Mr. Whitaker is going in alone and to fight this battle. He's going to be ambushed. Right. And then he collapses, which we've, we were sort of talking about, like, is this, is this like the, yeah, like the weird, he feels the demonic of gay people or is it? Who who knows? Is he having a heart attack because of the stress? That's what Chris says. She's like, is it the stress getting to him or is it something else? And I'm like, what is oh, that we'll, something else? Oh, we'll get to Chris. Right. Yeah, they're very um, charismatic, Chris. Did you not know that? 
So what stood out to me is this is like a total tactic that people use when their image is under threat, right? And so one thing that abusers do is they try and invoke sympathy for themselves and so that people will stop looking at the situation and focus sympathy on them. And this is totally what's happening in this episode. Like, take your eyes off of this huge conversation going, these very real questions. How do we work together for the common good when we don't agree on what that is? Like, how do you hold to your traditionalist principles while still acknowledging the pain and suffering that those principles have invoked on people, real people, you know? And instead it's like, oh, I collapse. Everybody feel bad for me and I'm the victim. Mm-hmm. That's how right. it ends. Yeah, and the victim, right. It's not just like, oh, he clapped, but it's like because, because of all of this pressure and persecution. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't put up a poster. He's going to have a heart attack. Right. I think it's time to go to Chris now. This time. Chris, Chris has Gird some... Gird your loins, people. Chris has some... Some, she has her, her take on this, right? Yeah. What's wrong with Mr. Whitaker? Do you think all of the pressure has finally gotten to him? Or is something else going on? I'm sure we'll find out next time. You know, it's not easy to stand up for what is right when people want us to compromise what we believe. It's difficult and uncomfortable and even painful. Sometimes it would be a lot easier for us to just go along with the crowd. But then I think of the Apostle Paul, who was beaten, whipped, stoned, and put in jail for his faith. Do you remember what he wrote in his second letter to the Corinthians chapter 4? We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Paul said that by the mercy of God, he does not lose heart. How is that possible? He wrote that it's because of our faith in Jesus. Not only is his life working inside of us, but it's working to show the surpassing power of God to those who don't believe. So don't lose heart. Okay. So Chris is equating Mr. Whitaker collapsing at a business association meeting over a pride parade with Paul being persecuted for the gospel. So I think that lays it out right there. Yeah. That they equate the issue of, like, heteronormativity with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say it in a different way? No. I mean, I was thinking, we've been talking about this, that, like, theoretically it's not a gospel issue. Whatever. That's what everybody wants, that's what everybody says. Right. And I've been believing them. Yeah, but then they find some way to... To make some equivalencies where it is. Where it actually turns out to be the line in the sand. And that's one thing I did appreciate about this issue. I mean, this episode is Miss Adelaide was saying, like, you are being divisive, Mr. Whitaker. And, of course, Adventures in Odyssey is spitting that, like, there's all this pressure and you have to conform, you know, to the ways of the world. But I like that Miss Adelaide's saying, like, you're the one drawing this line in the sand. Like, Mm. you're the one. And I feel like we are at that point saying that to traditionalists in our own lives. We want to be in community with you. We want to be in relationship with you. We're not even asking you to change your beliefs. We are asking you to think about how they have real ramifications for people. And we are asking you to say that we and other people who are somewhere in process or maybe have made up their minds more are reading the Bible with integrity. But 
they always end up saying like this this ends up being a core issue for them mm-hmm. right and yeah. because it's all about god's design for right, humanity yeah. yeah it is so much to stake god on Ugh. right you're just yeah yeah one thing that i thought about as she was talking is like standing up for your faith mm-hmm. and i'm like we should do a list of like top ten things better to be persecuted for than for not making a cake for a gay couple. Oh my gosh! Yeah, right. And what's fascinating is that yeah, this whole episode, like what Chris is saying, like we should expect persecution, we should expect to be crushed, but somebody's worldview has to prevail, and why not it be our? Like, don't those seem fundamentally odds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Did you say <sighs> it in this? The have you said it while it's been recorded? About how, like, if people are going to take that stance, they should just, they should accept that persecution rather than making it a big deal. Anyway. Um, The other thing that she says there, though, is, like, if he stands firm, then unbelievers will see the power of God in him. I mean, that'd be cool if that actually happened. Do you think that's happening? No. No. Right. I mean, I think Because that, I think it's all baloney, right. to be clear. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Right. Like, well, if standing up for marriage is one man and one woman, and that's how God designed it, and that's what I'm going to get persecuted for in America, if if the fruit of people being persecuted for that was a wave of the Holy Spirit and people coming to Christ and giving all they have to the poor and loving their neighbors as theirs, I'm like, okay. I might find more merit in that argument. That is not happening. Right. No. 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 The more that this is staked, I would say that, I mean, for one, people are leaving evangelical churches for, like, areas where, like, they they can move forward with their faith. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, why not get persecuted for, like, standing up for the rights of people that are, well, I guess that's the thing, right? They are the... Wit is the oppressed, yeah. and he's standing up for himself. What would you rather get persecuted for? I was thinking about that. Um, you know, I thinking right now, mm-hmm. like I would rather be persecuted for uh, doing standing up for what I think is right about the treatment of human beings at the southern border. Yep. Right there. Totally. Right. Um, I would rather be persecuted for giving water to. Migrants traveling in the desert, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody just got – somebody just went to court for that, a Christian. Um, I'd rather go be persecuted for protesting uh, injustice in the legal system. What about burning draft cards? Remember when the Catholics did that? I was just thinking about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And somebody I know, her dad just went to prison for, um, I think, protesting like – Dakota Access Pipeline. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, lots of things I would much prefer to be persecuted for. And I think, you know, if our country ever goes to war again, that'll be a big issue to be talked about, right? Like, mm-hmm. To be persecuted for not wanting to kill another person and uh, to have pacifist beliefs. Um, so, yeah, there's there's these issues I think that are worth talking about. And I cannot believe that this is the one evangelicalism has staked their worldview on and it's 
it's not going well, and it's going to get worse. That's just deals, prediction for the future. Are you talking about the world or this season? <laughs> well, this season and the world of evangelicals. Yeah. It's going to get smaller and smaller, and you're going to see less and less fruit of the Spirit. That is my prediction. And I'm sorry if we sound really intense right now, but it is a big deal. What would you say to someone that's like, that's fine. The Bible isn't popular. The narrow, the the road is narrow. Like, you know, taking up your cross is hard. It's okay if people leave. I would say, are you talking to any of them? Have About... you listened to why they're leaving and why the good news hasn't been good for them? Right? If the good news isn't for the most traumatized people in our society, then it's not good news. Also, that's such a cop-out. The Bible has been popular with emperors <laughs> and continues right. to be popular with right. the leader of our empire currently. Right. We all cherry-pick. Right, yeah. So parts of the Bible have always been deeply unpopular. I would say the parts about money. <laughs> are very unpopular mm-hmm. for most evangelicals. So it's just such a cop-out to say that. And I would just say, is that really what you want to stake your gospel on? It seems so small, and it only seems like good news for some people. And I think up to this point, I'm just being really honest, up to this point I've been like, we can work through with this, and it'll be fine because we're so committed to being in relationship with diverse people. How do you be in relationship with someone like Mr. Whitaker? Which we are in our real life. They're everywhere. Right. It really almost made me want to cry when Miss Adelaide is like, it hurts people. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something like this, you know, like urgency and, and mm. pain in her voice. Jesus did not come to heal those who thought they were well. Who is Jesus good news for? Those who are hurting and who are being honest about saying we're hurting That's the other thing about all of this God's design for marriage people. Like, in that worldview, do they create pathways for being honest about how marriage can suck? No, they don't. I mean, it it totally creates this system of abuse, I think. Anyways, we need to wrap this up. Yes. It's a mess. There's, yeah, we'll we'll keep going in future episodes. (sighs) Did I say too much, Crispin? No, you're, it's right there. It is interesting because we do really want to hold different views. And and I, I think like we do know a lot of people that like really want to honor God by following the Bible as they understand and it. And tradition. Right, yeah, yeah, right. But it's just harder. Like the further and further you get into this, you just realize it's it's a big complicated mess. And so many people have been hurt. And we got to figure out what to do. So I think if you're going to hold these views, you need to know exactly what you're holding. I think a lot of people, ourselves included, have been in spaces where this theology is espoused. And we're like, okay, whatever. I mean, I've grown up in a complementarian church my entire life. And it didn't really ever bother me that much. So I think it doesn't bother you until you really start to get to the root of it. Right. Well, until... Next week, please continue to send us emails. We'll find out if DL and Crispin become full heretics next week on Prophetic Imagination Station. <laughs> we're not gonna, we're not gonna give that out till the end. Oh right, that's true. Right, and then it'll be our cliffhanger: Are we heretics or are we not? 
I think people already know. <laughs> That's true. I think I let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. I'm just kidding. We like to keep you guys guessing. Right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your amazing emails. Shout out to everybody who is struggling through this stuff. Um, you know, not to be too weird, but you can f- find us on Twitter or email. Uh, you can find us on our personal accounts. I'm DL Mayfield on most social media platforms, and you're K underscore underscore Mayfield. <laughs> but if you reach out to us, um, we will totally pray for you. If if this is like a really intense subject for you, if this brings up stuff. We're going through the thick of it. Uh, We know lots of people who are going through the thick of it. Lots of transition happening for us and for people we love. You're not alone. You don't have to have, like, an ironclad belief on either side. You can be somewhere in the messy middle. Um, But we'd love to pray for you. I I just want to be real. Yeah. Would you pray, Christmas for people? Yeah, totally. Yeah, you would. Yeah, so reach out to us, and thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, and it's going to... Be sad and weird, (laughs) I'm sure, as they all are. Right. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.